Okay. So we're going to start with uh, the fourth Shoresh tonight. Uh, it's getting into some a little bit more technical stuff a little, um, within the meaning of mitzvot, but also uh, it's going to give us hopefully some shed some light on some bigger methodological problems as to what the Sefer Mitzvot is doing. Uh, and, what, and I think that to give us a picture, it'll help us understand some of the other um, major issues the Ramam deals with moving forward, uh, particularly the two major issues that are, that are going to coming up that are going to keep coming up over and over again. We've touched on them a little bit. The first one is sort of how to uh, interpret the psukim. Like that's clearly like a, there's some sort of interpretive process that the Rambam is engaged with here. And the second one, um, which is a much more amorphous, uh, but no less important, perhaps even more important, is the definition of what a mitzvah is. Right? The Rambam hasn't really provided us a definition, and and he's going to get. He doesn't really get to. We'll get. We'll we'll, we'll get to where he does. A little bit um, get to it, but he's sort of hinting at it um, here, and it's it becomes very important. So uh, I, I don't know if anyone got a chance to take a look at the shoresh, but it's a very interesting brief um, shoresh where the Rambam sort of sets forth some basic parameters, and then um, and then criticizes those who whom he thinks have disagreed with him. And we're going to have to see, uh, as we've done before, the extent to which you know, the earlier and later interpretations of the earlier positions can help us sort of hone hone what we think the Rambam is trying to do. So let's just, let's dive right in. So the first, the first, well, at the very beginning, it says, the, the Rambam says, what is the Shoresh? She'en rawi limnot hatsivuim hakolim hatorah kula. Right, you don't, you don't count um, commands. Notice how he's not using the word mitzvah. Right, just uh, charges, I guess, maybe, to, that, that cover the entire law. Okay, what does that mean? So he says, and this is going to be a little bit tricky, but we'll just take a little, take a slowly. So there are commands and prohibitions in the Torah. Ramuz. So this is the standard translation of this, of this Ibn uh, Tibon. These, uh, there's nothing hinted at in these words. So that is not entirely a clear statement. Uh, so what does he mean by this? So uh, we're just in the second line here. Um, so what, is, what does he mean by this? So there's actually two modern translations, both perhaps home in a little bit, uh, a little bit more carefully as to what the Rama means. He says, Kapach translates this as, Einan bedavar misuyam. I mean, there are some commandments that don't refer to something specific, which is a little more helpful translation from the Arabic. Um, and this new translation that I actually just picked up a couple weeks ago, um, that is based on uh, someone in, in Bnei Brak, a Rav Korach um, of Temani. He says, "Eino bedavar miyuchad." Right. So sometimes you have a tzivui and azhara, right, a command or a prohibition that doesn't actually refer to something specific. That's clearly what's going on. Aval yichalalan hamitzvot kulam, but these cover all the mitzvot. Right. Kiilo Omer, as if the Torah is saying, "Asem kol mashin tziviticha laasot." He's here, Mikol Mashin Tzivitcha Mimenu. Tavor Davar Right, as if the Torah is saying, not that you should have to do something specific or avoid something specific, just do all the, all the mitzvot, avoid all the veros. Right, this is a very general statement. Right, sometimes those things come up in the Torah. We should be all familiar with them. Um, and the Rambam says, Ve'ein panim limnot And there's no, panim is a, not just a great translation of here, um, at least for modern Hebrew speakers, but basically there's no way we could, we could count this. This seems impossible to count as a, as a mitzvah b'fnei atzma. Why? 
Right? It's not referring to a specific thing. Right? A mitzvah needs to be about something specific. Okay, that's like his first, the Ramah's first postulate. You can't count these general statements in the Torah that ref- exhort the listeners to fulfill all the mitzvos because mitzvos are, are, are addressed to specific actions. Okay? That seems pretty clear, uh, perhaps. But we're going to have to figure out if that's really true and why that might be the case. Now, the, skipping a few lines in the short, so Ramam tells us that this is not something that everyone agrees with, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to speak up. Ukfar ta'u gamkein. So many people have erred about this on this issue, made, made mistakes. Ad shemanu, for example, they, they counted kedoshim tiyu, mitzvah miklal mitzvah aset. They counted, for example, among the, the positive commandments, be holy. Right? Which, according to the, which, now, what's the problem? The Raman thinks that a mitzvah needs to be about something specific. Kedoshim tiyu, arguably, is about just be holy in general. Okay? Is that obvious? Maybe not. How does, what does the Ramban say about kedoshim tiyu? Anyone know? Right, he's got a famous discussion about, about <laughs> don't be novel, but she's a Torah, right? Don't, um, maybe you should be, you know, go above and beyond, right? I don't know. It's not clear that that would necessarily be a general commandment, but the Ramam thinks it is, at least at this stage. Um, for example, they didn't know when they counted Kedoshim Tiyu as a mitzvah, and that Kedoshim Tiyu, or for example, right, you should, be, you should become holy. They're just general commandments to cover the Torah. What does that mean? Be holy. It's not even a commandment, maybe. It's just that you become holy by doing all the commandments. That's what the Ram seems to be saying. Or that you should be holy um, through, through the doing the commandments. I'm not quite sure what, which of those two. Either way, it's not referring to a specific a- action. Right? And just general statements. Now we have more examples that are going to come up. Right? Circumcise the uncircumcised, the uncircumcised part of your heart. Right? Circumcise your heart. Right? Not a very specific commandment. This is sort of a general... Uh, exhortation that we should fulfill the mitzvot, that we should be committed in our hearts to the Torah. Just do all the other mitzvot. Oh, don't make your your necks um, very hard, right? Um, it came up in the week's parsha, right? Um, right? Right? Just do all the mitzvot. Listen to Hashem. These are very general statements, right? So Raman makes it pretty clear. He thinks that a mitzvah is something specific, right? And anything that doesn't refer to something specific just can't be in the list, right? Because because those things don't refer to mitzvot; they just refer to general relationship, general relationship that one has to the Torah. But when you see, when when it, the Torah tells you to like generally be holy or generally listen to the mitzvot, so that can't possibly be a mitzvah. Okay, so there's going to be two reactions to this, possibly from just a. You know, the Ramam clearly has in mind earlier commandment enumerators, right? The Bahag, perhaps, or Sadiyon, we've tried to suggest a number of times. Right? So there's two possible ways that this could be responded to. 
Anyone want to guess what they are? Either they agree or they don't. If they agree or they don't agree. Exactly. So if they agree, then what's the answer? Well, these are not general commandments. These are specific commandments. Meaning, these, especially the Bahag, if anyone's ever opened it, it's not a very um, forthcoming, let's say, as to his reasoning. It's just a simple list of the mitzvahs, right? Without any proof text, without any argument, just like this, 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 and the other thing, right? So, um, for example, uh, you know, don't harden, don't stiffen your neck, right? We don't really know what it means. So maybe that could mean a general commandment, or maybe that, right, in which case they disagree with the Rambam, right? Or maybe it could mean a specific commandment, and we're just going to read it um, differently the way the, than the Rambam's reading it. Right? The Rambam's reading the Bahag, perhaps, is saying this refers to Kol Torah Kula, and someone else can come along and say, no, maybe the Bahag means that it refers to very specific actions. And lo and behold, the Ramban offers both of those readings. Let's take them one at a time. Okay, so the first, in source number two, so he, so he says, oh, really, the, the Ramam, you thought that those were general commandments at the Baha'i quote? No, not, no, they're not, not at all. I mean, you're a lie, what seems to me, oh, don't stiffen your necks. That's a lav miyuchad, mechadesh mitzvah. Right, 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 Right? What does it mean, don't stiffen your neck? It means listen to the prophets, meaning that when a prophet gives you a tzivui, you can't just, you know, answer the questions and challenge, you should accept it. Right? It's not referring to general attitude to the Torah. Right? Rather, it's referring to a very specific situation and, and it has very specific uh, connotation. Okay, so that's one possible um, option. And then the, the Ramban actually offers the, op- the other option as well. He says, well, and this is the second paragraph there. Right? We have a pasuk that says, don't, you know, go left or right from everything that's being commanded, which really seems very general, right? Mikol um, right? The first is Kol Torah Kula. lav bechol hamitzvot shevet Torah. This refers to everything. Right, and it's telling us, and he says, no, why do we count it as separate mitzvah, even though it applies to everything? Because it's adding a level of stringency to all the mitzvahs. Why? It's adding a low ta'ase of don't turn your back from all of the general assays. Right? All the, sorry, not the general assays, all the assays in specific. Right? So, for example, according to the Ramban, he, he suggests here, that if someone refuses to do a positive commandment, not only have they not had that opportunity to do the assay, they've also violated this general prohibition that refers to all of the of the positive commandments, and we should that you should not turn your, turn away from them. Okay, so it's not quite a general commandment in a the sense that it refers to everything, right? But it's a general commandment in that it, it sort of puts a low assay on all of the assays. Okay, so that is another sort of way to think about it. It's not quite, like the, the Ramah says, well, no, they're all just general, they're all sweeping, anything refers to, you know, refers to Kolotor Kulos, so they're going to take out of the list. The Ramban then says, well, wait a second, maybe it's not sort of general and sweeping kind of in the same way. Maybe it, in fact, is just adding a different perspective to all the mitzvahs assay. Right? All the mitzvahs assay are dues. And now we have this added perspective that, in general, we should not ignore them. And, that, and do not ignore would then not be an assay, it would be a low assay. So this, this um, 
sorry, two-sided coin of Asis and Lotus is going to become very helpful as we, as we move forward. We'll get, there, we'll get back to that in a couple minutes. But if you actually look in the Sefer Mitzvah of Sadiqon, he perhaps gives another, a third possibility. Not only do we have this possibility that refers to the specific things, or that it's a adding um, of a general prohibition um, of, to all the assays, right? Not quite sweeping in the same sense, but really, the, so the side is actually pretty, pretty brief here. But he says the following. He says, source number three. In general, one needs to have a sort of attitude of open-heartedness and pure intentions whenever you're involved in any actions. Right? Specifically, I assume mitzvah's actions, but maybe not so, so, so narrowly. But Sadiqon is counting this mitzvah that the Ramam thought was too sweeping and giving a very specific spin to it. Right? So this, perhaps, would fit, fit with the Ramban's... Um, in some sense, it's like the Ramban's first proposal, insofar as that it applies to something specific, but it's also very sweeping insofar as it's a general attitude. What, what's the specific spin? The specific thing, I think, is that it's not just, you know, in general, have the attitude of, you know, submit yourself. But I think the specific, I think the specific thing is that you just, the, 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 your kavana needs to be good. Right? The kavana in specific is what's being referred to. I don't know. You disagree? I'm not sure. It's too morphous to be specific. It's pretty, okay. Um, I thought they were going to talk about how it's a voter's belief, but they didn't go that way. We will, we'll, go th- we'll, get, we'll get to the voter belief in a second, right? Well, that's a very good example, right? Where, because um, what did we say a voter belief is? You remember? Davening, right? But it's, yeah, exactly. It's actually, so you skipped ahead, um, but that's actually the only time the, Ram, the Ramam references Shorish Dalit again in the Sefer Mitzvah. So we, uh, so you're on to something. Okay. So, so I think that what the, so the Ramam is pro, see, apparently saying is he rejects all, sort, all of these things. One is that he rejects the idea that, um, that you'd have something sort of too specific, too broad, too broad language, that specific fulfillment, right? Even, Right. It's not clear exactly what he, if, if he, what he would think about the, Ramba, the Ramban's first proposal that, well, you know, don't stiffen your neck is referring to something very specific. But it sounds like when you have broad language within a commandment, right, which we'll have to get back to when it comes to Tefillah in a second, when you have broad language, then it's, without being specified, it should, be out of the, it should be out. Not only that, not just the things that are, you know, cover Kolotora, but apparently even this idea that you have los assays that are covered by a general, so like a lo, general los assay that's covering all the assays, that the Ramban second proposal needs to come out. And whether or not you prefer Rabbi Eisenman's reading or mine, and I'm, I'm not sure which one I do um, at this moment, but let's just pretend that there, um, there's certainly, I think it's plausible within Rafsadigon yeah. that he thinks that it's generally you should have this specific attitude of kavana and taras alev towards the mitzvos. So therefore, and that's sort of more specific. Perhaps even that the Rambam seems to think that umaltem et um, is still t- too much of a general language to be in the list. Okay. So one question about the yeah. Ramban, which is, um, so does if the Ramban would he include that? I guess over encompassing. So it sounds like he's a t- as an extra mitzvah. Uh, that's a good question. Or um, is it part of? Is it not an extra mitzvah? It's just the lotase aspect. So I think for the I think he's saying within the Baha, I think he's saying for the Bahag that's the reason the Bahag counted it. But I don't think the Ramban actually counts it as far as I remember as a separate um, mitzvah in his own sort of list. It, sometimes it's so, it, that's that's a challenge with reading the Ramban. He's very clear that he wants to defend the Bahag, right? That um, means like a thousand mitzvahs. 
No, no, the Bahag gets to, you know, Tari Mitzvah, it's just a question of exactly how, how and what, but it's not like every time he comes in defense of the Bahag, at the end he's going to say, oh, look, I want to include this, this, and this that the Bahag said. Sometimes he'll say, look, I defended the Bahag, but I really agree with the Rambam. So he doesn't say that, but it's, I don't think it, you have to necessarily think that he is saying it. It's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. All right. So that's sort of the options um, that we have. So we st- we're having this sort of twofold thing. One is sort of like the definition of a mitzvah, right? And the second is sort of how you interpret these psukim that are two, sort of have two sweeping language, right? And I think this is going to sort of help us uh, understand what, what the reason why this would be excluded from the count, right? So Ramam said, in Shorish Dal, let's repeat this source number four, that we want to make sure that we have things that are very specific. Masem yuchad, right? Davar ramuz or misuyam, right? It's got to be very highly specific within the mitzvah. The question is, like, why would you not count bigger things? Why do you need a mitzvah that is um, specific, right? Why does the target mitzvah not need to include, like, anything that's broadly sweeping? Maybe it is, right? So there's actually a few different answers um, that are given. There are two different answers actually given by the Ramban to that question as to why, why you cannot include big things, like sweet, all-encompassing mitzvahs. So if you look in the source number five, and his, um, in his comments on the, the ninth source, which we'll refer to, we'll start back to in a minute, um, the Ramban the the offers the following explanation. He says the following. Right? Anytime you have one lotase that's dependent on another that doesn't impose punishment of makos. What does that mean? Anytime you have a statement in the Torah, he thinks, where it's not referring to a specific action, but just it says, don't do what I already made usher to you, right? I mean, it's, it's a one step removed. It's too far away from being, it's too far away from that lotase to be a lotase. I mean, it's too far away from that prohibition to actually be prohibiting that act. It's not prohibiting that act. It's sort of speaking um, from a distance towards that act. And that's the reason, he says. Is that exhortation? How would you translate the word Azara? Uh, Azara is prohibition. Uh, sorry, Azara is warning here. Right? He's, the, so yeah, so that, that, that's a good question. So the, the, the way the Ramam used the word Azara, or at least the translation of the Ramam used the word Azara, is, is to mean a low ta- it's like a warning about a lotase. The, Ramam, the Ramban here is not using that. It's, a good, it's in the same language, I don't think. I think he the words mini'a means like prevention. Right. That, that's what he means by lotase. Right. Azara is like a sort of general warning against all the mitzvahs. Yeah, it's different than the Rambam. Um, so what's the re- so he says, therefore, huatam, la'azharota kolot kolatora, kugon shmartem et motzotai, bezulatam. This is the reason we don't count the general commandments. Ki bezeh, einenu babe chlal lav, avalhem zirus bimitvot, vichizuk behen, vikosukhen shalod nilka alehem. What's the reason we don't count the general things? Because they're just, they're not specific enough. They're only, they're not coming to give you actual mitzvot, they're just coming, those statements are coming to strengthen our, our commitment to the specific actions, okay? And for that reason, the Ramban says, you can't get makos on them because makos need to be highly, highly specific, right? This is something we're going uh, to talk about when we get to Shorah's short test at um, maybe exhaustive length, let's say, right? The, the ninth Shorah is very, very concerned with this issue. So, like, how do you figure out when you get punished? Um, but for the Ramban, at least, he thinks that you only get punished when you actually violate a very specific lotas, eh? Right? And it's got to be highly, highly specific. And if it's not detailed within the psokim or by Chazal, 
that as if it's in the psukim, then it's, it's, you don't get makos. So, so to hear anything that's so, so removed by dint of it um, being a general warning, right, a general um, advice or concern, uh, then you, you wouldn't get makos. So that's one explanation that the Ramban offers. Right? It's too general. And then he says, there's another, there's another possibility, and, and this is in um, discussing um, how his favorite mitzvah of avodah shabalev, and we'll get back to that, I promise. I pr- promise, I promise, on the second side. Um, right, he says, why don't we count general commandments? Why doesn't the Ramam count general commandments? Right, we already counted them. What does he mean by that? That the, when you a general command, it's like a, it's like a extra time, right? D- don't eat, don't eat treif, or don't eat you know um, non kosher meat, don't eat this non kosher animal, right? And then the, the Torah comes in and says, oh, keep all the mitzvos. So that second, you know, don't violate all the mitzvos. So that second warning is not specific enough, right? It's already it's just a duplicate. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't, exactly, it doesn't add anything. It's not telling you anything. It's not just that it's not specific enough. Right, which he says in the ninth source, where it's you know it's not specific enough, therefore you can't get punished for it. But even by the assays, it's not telling you anything in general, like you know, daven every day. And then it says keep all the mitzvos. So what is that in terms of my life? I already know what I'm supposed to do, right? So it's not a mitzvah language in the same way. It's not, um, it's not adding any specific action to tarig mitzvah. So that's that's two possibilities the room, the, between the, uh, what the Ramban proposes. There's actually, I think maybe another way to look at it as well. Right? And, and, and this, I mean, it's, I don't think it's changing it. It's just adding to this idea that the Ramam is really trying to define what a mitzvah is. So, the, so in, the, in, in Shorish test, he actually offers, um, he offers a, a definition of the mitzvah of a mitzvah. He says, Hashorah Chichi'i, right, the ninth Shorish, you ain't rowing limno to laven ba'ase avald varim ha'muzhar behen ba'mitzvah behen. Here again, you have a, a very unclear language, but basically what he's saying is don't count the lav and ase, meaning don't count the statement in the Torah that says do not, and don't count the statement in the Torah that says do. Rather, the action that, that you are pro- prohibited from doing or commanded to do. Okay, right, so you, he's focused on this linguistic problem within the Torah. You don't count the psukim, you only count the maisa, or something like that. He says, da, shekol tzivui ha-Torah, every commandment, ba'azharoteha, Hinehem There's four different kinds of mitzvos, right? Bedeot, meaning something, uh, someone's opinion about something, it's a philosophical or theological conclusion. Bepulot, actions. Midot, sort of how you're supposed to act. And dibor, words. Okay, there's sort of four different kinds of mitzvos. A mitzvah has to be applied to these very specific things. And they're not, a mitzvah is not something general like, you know, you're, Keep all the mitzvahs. It's not specific enough, right? A mitzvah, a mitzvah has to be in one of these four categorizations. Therefore, Therefore, you count the inyanim that you are commanded, this inyan, that's a very important word we're going to spend time on later, but you count these general statements, these general um, actions or uh, character traits or or opinions, or something like that, and don't count the words in the Torah. Okay. So if that's the case, that the mitzvah, in short, tests, refers to where is very, very specific in terms of its definition of an act, let's say, let's focus on the pu'ulot for a second, the mitzvah has to be highly specific in its act, then that seems to be what the Ramam is sitting at, at short, in Shorish Dalit. Right? The fourth source is don't you count general things? They're not specific enough because the mitzvah is a specific action. Okay, so what's the problem with that? 
if that's what if that's true, that a mitzvah is a very specific action, the question becomes, why do you need the fourth source? Right? The ninth source tells us don't ca- only count things that are general. Uh, don't it's a ninth source, I'm sorry, ninth source tells us only count things that are actions or um, highly specific actions or opinions or something like that. Speech acts, let's say Dibur, right? Don't therefore we don't therefore the ninth source says don't count the general uh, the, the repeated language. When the Torah says, do, don't do it over and over again, the Torah will repeat itself several times. Right? right? Don't mix milk and meat. So the Torah says it three times. So without any getting into the details, maybe we would have thought it would only count that once because it's repeated, right? And so too, if we can't count repeated things, certainly we wouldn't, because they're, they're not specific enough, certainly we wouldn't count these general things. They're also not specific enough. So the Achronim, Rukhim Fischl Perla, asks this very question. Well, if that's true, why do we have the fourth source to begin with? Right? If we already know from the ninth source that a mitzvah is a specific, highly specific action, and we can't count repeated psukim, so why would we possibly count, why would we even have a havamina by the fourth source to count these general sweeping commands? It seems like a very good question. If you're, it seems like a very good question only if you're focused on this part of the source as if it's focused on the mitzvah. Of the definition of what a mitzvah is, but if you, if that's what it's really about, we're trying to understand what a mitzvah means. So it's a very good question. But if he has, I mean, I didn't look at the ninth shorish, but it's, I mean, it almost sounds like you're saying he's he's repeating what he already said. That's the before. question, exactly. So, so I mean, why wouldn't the question be why? why well, the ninth shorish is more exciting. Yeah, well, they well, exactly. Why do you need both? But the ninth shorish is already telling you don't count things that are not specific, and then and then the fourth shorish is coming and saying even the things that are very very general don't count. And so it's maybe logically one step removed, even if it comes after in the in the in the in the in the Sefer Mitzvahs. Okay, so he says, so oh, so his answer is that in the in the in well in a couple of weeks we we'll get to this in the sixth shorash, he relies on another shorash we haven't seen. In the sixth shorash it says, oh, sometimes you have a mitzvah that is overlapping ase and lotase. Right? Let's take Shabbos is a very good example, right? Shabbos is, an, is both a positive commandment and a negative commandment. And the Rambam Again, some other people thinks that that's only that, that would be counted twice. Shabbos is both a lotase and an ase, even though they seemingly overlap without getting into all the details. But they, generally speaking, the the, the iser is don't do malacha, and the positive commandment is avoid you know avoid malacha right or rest such that you don't do malacha, right. So they're really two sides of the same coin, but nevertheless, the Rambam thinks you should count them. Okay. So, Yerichel Fischer Perla suggests, well, if that's the case, then maybe I would have thought that anything that's covering Kola Torah Kula is just the opposite side of the Ase Erlotase, right? Let's say we have a, a general commandment, you know, don't eat meat, don't eat non-kosher meat, right? And then the Torah says, come and says, keep all my commandments. It's a positive, right? So he says, maybe that positive, even though it's general, would have been just the inverse of the negative, which is specific, Sort of, in, it's ingenious, I think, right? I'm not sure how compelling it is, but I think it's ingenious. So he says, well, you know, we have this general commandment, um, and maybe that's just the, se- the second side of the coin of the negative commandment, of the specific negative commandment, and therefore I would have thought that we'd have to count that, you know, the, the, Ramba, the Raman comes along and says, you don't, don't do that. Even though, though, even though in general we count the inverse, the, the negative of the positive and the positive of the negative, when, the, when one of them is too general, we don't count that as a general commandment. Okay. That's, I think it's a very um, stimulating suggestion, but I don't think it's quite what the Rambam is trying to do here. 
In fact, I think what the Rambam is, is I think that's because I think that the Rambam is not quite is not only focused on sort of the definition of a mitzvah. He's also interested in this interpretive problem, and this gets back to, gets us back to, to how we say your mitzvah, mitzvah number five in source number nine on the second on the second side of the page, right? The Rambam says. So what is what is the mitzvah of tefillah, right? The mitzvah is avodah shebalev, right? Worship God in your heart. That's a very, very general language. And the Rambam tells us, right? It tells us we should worship God. Or uh, at, least, at least twice, right? right? Many, many times the Torah says worship, right? Even though this mitzvah of Worshiping God is also general insofar as it applies to all of the mitzvos. Kmoshi biarnu b'shorosh as how we notice, right? as what he said in the fourth Shoresh, hine yesh bo yichud There is a specification of this avoda that it's not general, but it applies specifically to davening. Right? It's not just that the mitzvah is worshiping God, but there's a yichud, Whatever that means, we'll explain that in a second. There's a specification that's taken this general statement and made it apply to something very specific, and it apply, that it applies to tefillah. Meaning, lashon tifrei laavdo. What does laavdo mean to worship him? Zo tefillah. But either way, what, what Chazal are doing here is they're taking this general statement according to the Rambam, and they made it highly, highly specific, referring to tefillah in specific. Okay, so we would have thought, if it wasn't for this passage in the Sifrei, that avoda is specifically applies to tefillah, it would, it would be too general. But we have this specification. Okay, so this is already telling us something, that something else is going on in the fourth Soresh, something about the, how we are supposed to interpret the Pesukim. And this actually comes up in another case, uh, in an interesting exchange that the, Rama, that the Rama's son has um, with, with an unknown um, questioner in one of his chubos, re- referring to the mitzvah of Right? The Ramam tells us in source number, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter, we'll read the one in the Sefer Mitzvos, that we have to, there's a mitzvah to impersonate, to follow, to you know, walk in God's ways, sort of do what God does, whatever that means. Right? Right? So, what does it mean to walk in God's ways? There is an explanation of this. Just as God is merciful, you should be merciful. Just as God is called generous, so too you should be. Or Hanun, I don't know where you everyone translate that. Just as God is tzaddik, right, righteous, you should right? All these things that have to do with not actions, but midot, as we already saw, is this kind of mitzvah, right? Character traits, we should emulate these character traits as best as possible. So the question posed to Avram and Rambam um, was, well, isn't this just a general mitzvah? Right? How do I know? Right? Maybe this is just you know, a general thing. That's how we should act. Right? How do I know that this is something very, very specific? So the question isn't amazing, but I think it, but the answer actually helps us a lot. Right? The question, okay, maybe, but it really does sound like it's sort of specific, especially once we have this idea of we know that mitzvahs can apply to character traits. But you guess you could have thought that also could have been a general, um, general thing. But the Ramam is adding, adds in very specifically that you have to do these character traits. 
right? Even if, if you look in source number 11, uh, sorry, I skipped this, but if you look in source number 11, at the end of the line, right, the Rambam says, Kach lamdu beferush mitzvah zo, and they, they, understood, they, they, learned, they learned, they understood, in the explanation of this mitzvah, just as God is a chanun, you should be chanun, etc., etc. So when the Arab and Rambam is asked this question, he says, um, the second paragraph in source number 12, Masha Amarta, Vlu Gam Hayita Mitzvah, Harehi Kolelet Kolem Mitzvah. Even this is a mitzvah, you said, my, my questioner, that this should be a general commandment and therefore excluded from Tarag Mitzvahs because of Shorish Dalit. Echain, Zem Masha Anachnut Shrikim Lidvot Nainbo. This is, this is, we have to think about. Vyesh Khan Chuvot, Hamabatlot, Et Hasaga Hazot. Et Hasaga Hazot. Right? We're going to get rid of this based on two answers. We're just going to focus on the first one. Harishona, this is a major point in our religious thought. This is, this is where it should be surprising right, for us, it's the, because it can go like, very far afield from, I think, where we would have thought. Us, you know, rabbinic Jews, this distinguishes us from the Karaites. Well, what? <laughs> like, really? This Torah Dalid? is what distinguishes from the Karaites? So it's not what he means, but the, he, well, I think he, he can tell us in a second that the ideas that, the, that his father is hinting at are actually very important for, um, for these general positions, and it'll help us understand what, he, what the Ram is trying to do, I think. So he says, in the third line here, in the second paragraph, source number 12, But we don't just follow Pshat, we follow Pshat plus received tradition. Okay, that's not surprising. Fine, it comes up in various places. Um, okay. Even though if you were convinced, and he's not, but even if we were convinced that the Pshat of the Pasuk was that Valach to Bejachav just referred to doing all the mitzvahs, even so, right? We have to we have to understand. We have to believe that, nevertheless, even if the pshat says something, tradition has told us this is not a general commandment. It actually refers to something very specific. Okay. So, what's Avraham and adding to this conversation? What I think he's adding is the following: is he's, as usual, a very close reader of his father. His father said, plus there's a perush on this mitzvah, which is something we should be very attuned to now that we've seen the second shorish very closely, right? The way the Rambam understood the Lachic system is that there are, gen- there are mitzvos plus the, the explanation of those mitzvos. Okay, so here, what the Rambam is doing is this, this in, in with, it, it may very well have shorish dialed in mind, maybe not, but he's certainly explaining a little bit more that you have the psukim plus the interpretation, and those interpretations can take a general pasuk maybe, and turn into something very highly specific, which is exactly what's going on in the fifth, in the fifth mitzvah about Avodah Shabalev. There we have a, what the Raman explicitly says is a general command, right? You should worship God, but it's become made specific, yish bo yichud, that it refers to tefillah. Okay? So what I think is actually going on in the fourth Shorish then is something sort of more interpretive than just the limited question of what a mitzvah means, right? Some of the Akronim are going to ask, well, what is it, is, aren't we referring to, isn't this sort of overlapping with other perspectives 
when we think about it from a mitzvah perspective, and it is. Right? I don't think the Raman would I don't think the Raman would disagree. Yes, it's true that he says the mitzvah needs to be very highly, highly, highly specific. You know, refer to specific actions, not just these these general exhortations. But what he's saying also is that, and we've had this many times already, is that when we the Sefer Mitzvah is t- teaching us how to read the Psukim with a mitzvah lens on them. Right? And sometimes you have a mitzvah, you have mitzvahs that have general statements, and they're gonna have be specified by the tradition, right? As in Avoda, which is tefillah. And other times they're not. And those general things, those general statements are going to actually going to fall by the wayside and be excluded from, from, the, from the commandment. So I think actually what, what the Shorish Dalad then is doing is, is not just a definition of a mitzvah, but is pointing us to this, more, this larger interpretive question as to what's going on in the Abraham. So that's also a Parshanu question within, within the Torah. Okay. Do we have time for a little bit of taking us far afield? Maybe I'll just take for a couple more minutes very quickly. Okay. So this idea, I think, that the that we have these sort of general, specific, comes up in interesting ways within the Ramah. I just want to show you one example um, that is you know, not quite about short style, but is also related to this general question, interpretive question in some ways. So um, as usual, we're going to talk about the Kohanim in, the, uh, in this Kohanim of Kavap a lot of weeks, which is great. Um, they sort of give us some nice test cases. Um, so you know there are various Yisurim for a Kohen, who the Kohen's allowed to marry. Right? So I just brought the um, source number 13, some, the, the, the list from the Rambam's, um, from the Mishator. Right? He says, Lo yikach Kohen zona, right? You can't uh, have someone who's an, uh, a prostitute, chalala, someone who's defiled in some way, and halakhic definition of that. A Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. And uh, on top of this, a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry an almana, right, a widow. Okay, fine. These are all fairly straightforward. Except if you have the Rambam's lens on it, which we talked about a little bit, right, the, the Ramban already told us, that when the Rambam um, thinks for the mitzvahs, he's looking for very specific do-nots, right? If I remember, we talked about, um, I mentioned it very briefly, that uh, the, the lav has to be specific and applied to something very, very specific uh, when it's formulated, right? So, which it isn't in the last mitzvah. Right? The Loikach Kohen Gadol Amana, source number 13, the bottom line. Shenemar Amana Ugrusha Bachalua Zona et Eila Loikach. Right? Don't count, don't take any of these four women to be wives of the Kohen Gadol. Right? The Kohen Gadol's got a smaller marriage pool than the rest of us, right? Um, so the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry these four people. The problem is for the Rambam, right, that this Almana is not actually spe- specified in the, in the way he wants it, right? Normally, the Raman will, will have it that don't do X. If it says don't do X and Y, that, don't, that do not is too general. Right? It's a little bit different than the, the fourth Sorish. Um, uh, we're sort of getting a hint of what the ninth Sorish is doing, but it's, but it's overlapping the following way. Right? It says, um, if, if look at source number 14, the Raman discusses this problem in Sefer Mitzvot. Since we don't count general, we don't get punished when it's not specific enough. How can you possibly get punished for taking an almana as a wife when almana, grusha, chalala, zona are all in one pasuk? People understand the question? Right? The pasuk for the Rambam is almost too general. Right? Because you have a do not that refers to four different women that he's not allowed to marry. For the Rambam, that is insufficient evidence of a lotase that would, punish, that would impose punishment and therefore a mitzvah, a mitzvah lotase. 
So he, he answers. Da, ki, uh, and this is a little bit technical, but hopefully we'll be able to understand in the next minute and a half. So he says, Da, ki alzeha inyan, nikpala az harat al koin gadol begrusha zona bechalala. Why does it say for He should already we already should know that since he's a Kohen, he's not allowed to marry any of these other women. So why does he have right? Don't Kohen can't marry A B C, and it says a Kohen Gadol can't marry A B C D. Why didn't you say A B C? Or just say D? We already know A B C, right? That's so. What's the reason? So he says. I'm not, I'm, so he says, a coin head yot is chayv makot, a kol achat v'achat, ba'avor shnifrada achat mehen ba'lav echad ba'yukulan l'chalik. Since for a coin gadol, they are treated individually. Sorry, a coin head yot is treated, each, each prohibition is treated individually, therefore punished individually. Where he says, isha grusham isha lo yukachu, that low, that do not, refer, is talking about a divorcee. And therefore, since that do not is specific, we take that do not that is specific by coin hedyot and map it onto the coin gadol, right? So here we have again the Rambam is very very interested in general statements that are being undone through spe- that are taken from their generality and being made specific. So and this is not a case of the four sorish, but I think it's it's, it's illustrative of the same, the same interpretive kind of moves that the Rambam is trying to do. So how do we know that almanag rishach alazona is not too general? Because it's specified by a coin hedyot. And since we're taking from a coin hedyot to a coin gadol, we're able to take that coin gadol thing, which is too general, and make it specific. So I think it's just sort of a parallel for how we see um, avodah becoming tefillah. Avodah is worship, and it's specified by tradition. Right? And that's sort of how the, this shows us, again, I think the Raman is very tuned to these psukim issues. Right? Um, and it's not just, I think, the way that the Yerukha um, asks the question about what is a mitzvah, but there's also these broader interpretive questions that um, that the Rambam is very, very concerned with, and that's sort of helping us motivate why Shorash Dalit perhaps is, uh, is separate from the other, from Shorash Tess and maybe some of the other Shorashim that deal with other definition of mitzvahs. Here we're not quite just interested in what definition of mitzvah is. We're also concerned with um, interpretive questions that are going to come up over and over again as the Rambam tries to match Torah Shavichtab to the Tariq mitzvahs. Okay. By saying two words, by saying... Yes, that's a good question. So, it's, it's, I always, so I always thought about this. I thought about this for, always. I've thought about this for a long time. When the Rambam says the fifth, short, the fifth mitzvah is du'avoda, and that's fulfilled by tefillah, does that mean that it's a mitzvah of tefillah or a mitzvah of serving God? It's, I think it's ambiguous, right? It, is it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean there's the fifth... It's very specific. Right, the very specific is, is, is pray. But is, is the mitzvah of prayer or is the mitzvah just serving God in general and that's fulfilled through prayer, but presumably could be fulfilled through other ways. And that's why the Rambam perhaps... Offers Talmud Torah there, right? So there's also another way to worship God. Um, yeah, I think that I think there's something going on. That I'm not quite sure what the answer to that question. It's a very very good question, um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to it. Um, okay, so we're gonna pick up with, with Tiff Stories next week. Thank you very much, uh, and uh, let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Okay.